everybody, this is Townsend. I'm a singer, songwriter, musician, and mental health advocate, and I started the You're Not Alone project and podcast to help educate, spread awareness, and simply help you feel a little less alone, no matter what you're going through. Thank you so much for tuning in to Season 2 of You're Not Alone with Townsend. Be sure to click the follow button and share these stories. You can also watch the interviews on our YouTube under Townsend T Music. You can also keep up with the journey if you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Townsend T Music. Every like, follow, and share helps us continue to change lives. What is up, everybody? Welcome to You're Not Alone with Townsend. This is, of course, your host, Townsend. Today, we've got somebody special. We're going to be chit-chatting with uh, a newscast, a news host from Nashville, Tennessee. I got to know her through a guest that we had on a previous episode, Megan Thomas, and I was looking through, and it just seemed like an obvious answer. I had to have her on. So, Nikki, thank you so much for hopping on here. I know you are incredibly busy, so it means so much that you took time to chat with me and my listeners. Of course, I'm honored that you wanted to chat. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So I wanted you on here because you've been open about your journey with Tourette's and your diagnosis that you had. And the minute I saw that, I thought, gosh, we've not covered that. That is something I want to know more about myself. I think the biggest name I've heard that talked about it was Billie Eilish. She has a diagnosis of Tourette's. And I think that's kind of what sparked people's interest and thought, oh, okay. Uh, I've talked to Megan about a lot of diagnosis and mental health conversations are kind of hush hush. So the point of this contact con, like the point of the conversation is to bring it to the table and for people not to be afraid to talk about it. Like it is what it is. We all have something. So I love what, that. I mean, something like this would have been so helpful to me when I was first diagnosed when I was a kid. Cause like you said, still to this day, if the only like real celebrity or person of notoriety we can name who has spoken about Tourette's when we know so many people have it. It's got to be really hard for kids to know that they are not alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it so much. I appreciate your vulnerability posting about that on social media. I mean, that's just crazy. I, I love that you're willing to share that. That is so cool. I love it and respect it. All right. Are you ready to hop in? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So I always like my guests to introduce themselves. So who is Nikki Burdine? Uh, what's your age? What's your job? How, how might you look familiar to people? Okay. So uh, my name is Nikki. I am 40 years old and I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm originally from Kingsport, Tennessee in East Tennessee. Went to University of Tennessee, moved around a lot for my job as a television journalist. And now I am the morning anchor for WKRN News 2 in Nashville, which is the ABC affiliate. Um, I anchor the morning news every day for three hours live. But my most important job is I'm a mom to a four-year-old little girl named Andy and a husband, a wife to my husband, Justin. And we have a, a rescue dog named Reggie White. So I think Reggie about, White. Yeah, we're I big Tennessee it. football fans. I love it. I love it. Andy, I love that name. I've not heard that for a little girl. I love that. Thank you. Well, my dad's name is Miles Anderson and my great-grandfather's name is Anderson. So her name is Anderson. I you know? love that. Thank you. Very good. That's kind of how I got my name, but let's not get sidetracked. Oh, thank you so so much. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Okay. Let's get started. So let's start with, can you define Tourette's for us? What is that actually? Um, I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask, but it's a neurological disorder, chemical imbalance of the brain that causes inadvertent and uncontrollable tics. And they vary in severity for, for everyone. And sometimes they get better with age and sometimes it completely goes away and sometimes it doesn't. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize it could go away. Yeah. For some people it does. Cool. It might have gotten so much better. 
Really? Okay. So, you know, there was a trend going around on TikTok for a while that talked about how it was like the ticks from TikTok and how things can trigger Tourette's a little bit. Oh, yeah. That absolutely, it triggers it. And, and I think that's how a lot of people are initially diagnosed. At least that's how I was diagnosed. Um, a lot of stress and anxiety and depression, big changes. And then, of course, um, adolescence and puberty and all those things can really cause a lot of changes in kids biology and in their brain and their chemistry and all of that was a perfect storm for me when I was diagnosed but even so now certain things trigger my ticks they get worse whenever um, I'm on the news and I hear something um, that is upsetting to me you know it, being a mother things that are close to my heart and for, for most people but especially for me I, I when I hear about a child being hurt um, one of my ticks is to react to that, to prevent it from happening to me, which I know consciously is a ridiculous thing. Like me doing this random tick is not going to keep my family safe. But if I don't do it, the anxiety is overwhelming. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. So you talked about receiving your diagnosis earlier in age. When did you get that diagnosis? I was 12 years old. And I was in East Tennessee and my dad was um, an active duty Marine and he was about to be shipped overseas and um, to go to war. And what was that? The Gulf War? Yeah, I was the Gulf War. So he was going to Desert Storm. And this is the way my mother tells me, because a lot of it I don't really remember. Okay. Um, I kind of, I don't know if I blocked it out or all the medication, but it, it was around that time period. So for me, it was the stress and then, you know, being a 12 year old girl, your hormones and your body is all changing. And I think it was the perfect storm of all of that. My parents initially, my mom's a special education teacher. So thank the Lord for that, because she kind of knew like, this is not just her being a weird kid. This is not her. I had a couple of family members who say like, is Nikki on drugs? Like what is going on? Because <laughs> it was, it was bizarre, bizarre behavior. Um, and so thank the Lord for my mother who said, no, 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 like this is a neurological thing, took me to Duke and I was diagnosed officially first with obsessive compulsive disorder. And then the ticks became more severe and it became Tourette's. Absolutely. So what were some of your first signs symptoms? Like you said, some of them were bizarre. I think, I think most people are familiar, like with the OCD, I had somebody on the podcast that talked about how, you know, you got to tap the door frame 77 times before you walk out. And it's little ticks that people are like, come on, what are you doing? But you talk about yours being bizarre. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the first signs you had? So when it was first, I was first diagnosed with the OCD, the reason they thought it was that because I split the light switches on and off and I had to do a certain amount of times. So it was 18 times. Um, and that was tied to 18 kisses that I had to give my dad every morning before he left because I was so worried about losing him. And that number 18 was a part of my life for some reason. And so that's why they thought it was OCD. Um, but then it evolved. It evolved to screaming and praying very loudly, like saying Jesus, saying, dear Lord, um, um, what did I scream? I screamed papaya very loudly for an extended period of time. And to this day, I don't know where that came from or why I would pop my jaw very loudly and clamp down my teeth, blinking a lot. I would lie on the ground and scream and blink and had to tap my fingers and touch the, the floor and blink at the corner of the ceiling. Um, just weird things like that. A lot of screaming. Yeah. Yeah. So you feel like if you didn't do those things, the anxiety just was overwhelming. It was. I mean, it, of course, that thought process wasn't clear to me at that point. Sure. It was just do it. Um, and it was not controllable at that point. Now with maturity, 
and medication and age, I can understand that that is that when my anxiety and my depression is is bad, then my tics are worse. And I, I wouldn't say I can control them now because of that knowledge and that maturity, but I'm able to either subdue them or do a modified version. And that was something I learned through behavior modification therapy that has really helped me. Very interesting. Okay. Very good. Yeah. I think like the one person that I've had, I'm trying to think, I had an interaction with someone and their word for whatever reason was parrot and it would just be repetitive over and over, but they couldn't tell me why they chose that word. It just stuck out. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. They're weird. <laughs> But they almost seemed as frustrated with it as, you know, people that didn't understand. They're like, I don't know. It just is. Who knows? Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. Okay. Very good. Okay. So what is getting treated for Tourette's look like? I know you said behavior modification. You talked about medications. What did that process look like, especially as a young girl trying to yeah. figure that out? So, you know, this was in like the early nineties. Um, so things have obviously changed and, um, Initially, it was get that diagnosis at Duke. And then after that, it was let's get her on medication. And I was on a lot of medication when I was in high school, not a significant amount because, again, my mother, thank God, understood that we don't need to just prescribe her all of these things and sedate her. Like right. she still needs to be a little girl. She still needs to be this creative, like happy kid that we know she is. Um, so through that and then therapy, when I was through middle school and high school, I did not like therapy, um, sure. the traditional sense of therapy, sitting and talking to a therapist. I did not do well. I hated it. I rebelled against it. Um, so I pretty much just went because I was forced to. Um, so for me throughout those years, it was manageable. I didn't have depression at that point. It was just anxiety and Tourette's, but it was manageable when it got really bad was when I went to college okay. and it was my freshman year. Um, a lot of people said, I probably shouldn't go to school. I should stay home for a year. Um, but I was very insistent that I wanted to go to school to university of Tennessee. Now, granted, it was just an hour and a half away from a home. So my parents felt very comforted by that, that they could jump over there and help. And again, the changes of being alone and, and on my own and in college, all those things, I think really, really affected me a lot more than we thought it would. That's when my depression got really bad and I didn't get out of bed for two weeks. I became suicidal. Um, I was severely depressed. I didn't shower. I didn't do anything. And if you know me, you will say I am just a very positive, happy person. Right. I and I've always been like that. And so when that happened, my roommates were my very good friends from high school and understood that I had this and knew to call my mom and say, something's not right with Nikki. My mom immediately drove into town, took me to the doctor. And their first task was to, you know, keep me alive. And a doctor prescribed me all of these pills. And despite my mom not wanting to drug me up, for lack of a better term, it was let's get her healthy. So she's going to still be around. Right. So she doesn't want to take her own life. And so uh, I was on 19 pills twice a day, which is a lot. It's yeah. a lot of pills. It was a fistful that I just took all at once every morning. I gained 30 pounds in about a month. I wasn't depressed. Sure. I still had my tics, but I wasn't myself. I was like a zombie. My mom would always say. Yeah. So after a certain amount of time on that regimen, my mom you know, saw that I was getting better, did all this research and found that the one medication that can help deal with anxiety, depression, and help with tics was Zoloft through her research. Mm -hmm. She took me off of all of the other pills, put me on Zoloft, and that's what I've been on ever since. 
And I think it's a combination of maturity, of family and friend support, and that one medication that has helped me get a handle on it. Wow. Your mom sounds like a superhero. She has. She we all, yeah, we all need a mom like that. Do. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. How cool. And I'm so blown away that she was so educated and prepared in the 90s, which wasn't that mm-hmm. long ago. But if you think about mental health, it's taken such a leap. Oh, yeah. Like the conversations are just now happening. Yeah. I mean, people thought I was on drugs. They didn't. Right. The first thought wasn't like, oh, she has a mental health disorder. It was she's on drugs. And that's how things have changed. Can you imagine if people believe that? Like if your parents are like, oh, yeah, she's probably on drugs. Like, can you imagine? Wow. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That is wild. Amazing. What a cool story. Okay. So you talked about how obviously it affected your college because you laid in bed for two hours. Did it affect your schooling when you were a young kid when it started? Did you have to miss class? I did. Um, I didn't miss as much class as you would think that I would. Um, you know, we did have to go, we would drive to Knoxville for my doctor's appointments to see my specialists. But um, the biggest challenges for me were, um, I was also had ADHD, but it was never treated and diagnosed because the Tourette's took precedent over everything. And often kids who take ADHD medication like Adderall or Ritalin, those increase your tics. So my doctor was like, let's just like that's a secondary problem. Let's focus on this. So I was already having learning behavior disorders. And when I was in class, it can be disrupting when you scream, you know, and and part of my tics were screaming, but I did have a very good relationship with most of my teachers. The best thing my parents did at my diagnosis was go in and have a meeting with my teachers and say, look, this is the thing. Here's a note from her doctor. This is why she does these things. She needs either time by herself, breaks throughout the day, solo testing or just, you know, a little bit of understanding. So um, I would just get up and go to the bathroom a lot of times and do my ticks. And sometimes I would be in there for a long time because I couldn't just get out of the cycle of, of ticking or blinking or screaming. And I would come back and it was kind of like, I don't want to say no questions asked, but they knew that I wasn't just in there being a jerk teenager. Um, the hardest part was homework when we got home, because a lot of people with threats will tell you, their home is their safe space when they can tick and let it all out. And sometimes when I was at school, I would hold it in as best I could. And then I would get in the car or get in my house and I would just let loose. It's like everything had been pent up all day long and I would let loose. I couldn't get through a dinner. I couldn't get through homework. And at one point, one of my ticks, math was always the worst subject for me. So sure. of course my anxiety was worse then and my ticks were worse then. And one of my ticks was writing my homework and erasing it, writing it and erasing it. Oh my gracious. Already terrible at math. And so it made it 10 times worse. So my dad would write my math for me. You know, I would help solve the problem. We would do it together and he would write it out. The problem with that is my teacher, I'll never forget him at this time. His name was Mr. Trent. He was, was that third grade math? I think third or fourth grade math teacher. No, that can't be right. Maybe it's fifth. I don't know. He's middle uh, elementary school math teacher. Yeah. And he, um, when we would turn in my homework, he accused me of lying about having Tourette's, about making it up. He accused my parents of helping me cheat because oh. he knew that it wasn't my handwriting. He said Tourette's was made up. And so, of course, that just makes things worse, right? Yeah. Uh, so math has never been my strong suit. And that has really carried on and affected me <laughs> my entire life. And, and perhaps maybe why I work in communications and not in right. anything having to do with numbers. Um, I mean, I feel like that would scar you as a kid. Yeah, That's I, traumatic. I, 
horrible. I think about it all the time. Gosh, I remember my math teacher and it's not that they were rude. It's just because I didn't like math. And I remember them vividly at the chalkboard. So I can't imagine if they said something like that, like that's such an important time and growing up and like developing yourself. Oh man, goodness gracious. That's what my listeners, I hope they understand. Like when you're a kid, things that are told to you as crazy as it is, you could be in third grade. And if somebody says something, you're going to remember when you're 30, 40, 50, and it sticks with you. So something like that is so detrimental, which again is why I do the podcast and spread awareness so that maybe uh, Mr. Trent that's teaching math class might be like, oh, that might be real. You know what I mean? For sure. Crazy. So what do you feel like your biggest struggle is now, now that you're medicated, you're matured, what do you struggle with now? Um, gosh, I don't really know that I struggle um, with it because I haven't overcome it. I still have my ticks, but I feel completely comfortable in who I am as an adult and as a mom and as a wife and as a working professional. And I feel supported in everything that I do. So when I am struggling with my tics, I'm having a stressful day or my anxiety is high or my depression is high, I feel the freedom to do the things that I need to do to make help myself feel better in whatever way that looks like. So I guess struggling to me is a um, a different word because I do still have my tics. And I think the hardest part about having these tics is when I'm on air, when I am working and a lot of the news is really bad right now. And we're talking about children dying um, in the war in Israel right now. And it's hard. It's hard for everyone to hear these things. And and in Palestine, it's it's hard to hear about children anywhere dying in the streets of Nashville overseas. And that affects me when I hear about those things and I'm on air and I'm reading it. Um, I did it today. And I was reading and I was doing my ticks. I wasn't on camera I was doing some of my ticks like this. And I know the people behind the camera that are operating can see me. And they're like, what are you doing? I think most of them know at this point. But it's still being able to do those while I'm reading and not lose my place in the teleprompter. It can be really hard because some of my ticks are blinking or or doing this. And and that involves losing my place in the teleprompter where I'm reading. And and I'm usually able to catch up very quickly. But that's probably the biggest challenge right now. That's pretty tough. I'd say that's a pretty big challenge. I don't know how you do it. It's bizarre to me and also just amazing that you were able to do journalism in front of all these people, despite, you know, your elementary teacher saying, yeah, that's fake. That's silly. And all these things that you've overcome. Like, how cool is that? I want to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to these conversations. It truly means so much. We've changed so many lives for the better, and we want to continue doing so throughout 2023. This project is made possible by sponsors and patrons. So if you'd like to help keep the You're Not Alone project going and hearing these amazing stories, we would love for you to join the family at patreon.com slash Music. Just for signing up, you'll get free merch, discounts, and behind-the-scenes patron-only footage. Not only of my music, but of each episode. That's right, so each guest on every episode answers a few more questions that only patrons will be able to watch and listen to. So head on over to patreon.com slash Townsend Team Music, and let's continue changing lives. Thank you. I think so. And I I am proud of myself for that. Um, But I I think it's attested to my parents that I never thought like, oh, that's not something I can do. It was never even a consideration. You know, like when I people said she shouldn't go to college yet, she should stay home. I just did it. My parents were like, yeah, you you can do this. Um, and then when I wanted to be in TV news, it was never like, what about your chicks? It was like, yeah, you're going to you're going to be great at this. 
So I think I always just felt supported and encouraged and it was never an option that I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, that is amazing. Your parents, again, sound so cool. So, okay. So what is, I always like to ask my guests, what does self-care look like for you now? So Nikki, as a 40-year-old adult, what does it look like now? How do you take care of yourself? A nap. Um, uh, yes. I get to work at 2.30 in the morning, so I'm very tired. And as a working mom, I'm very tired. As as most people who work and have a job are tired. We're all overwhelmed and tired. Yeah. And, and um, But I think my self-care is knowing when I need to be alone and have my alone time. I am a Gemini and I love being around people and entertaining and connecting people and hosting and doing things and experiencing new things. And the best part about my day is taking my daughter to all these places and showing her all these things and showing her off and letting her experience these new things. And and sometimes it's easy to get overstimulated in a lot of these situations. And sometimes I need to know that it's okay to be alone, to watch TV, if that's the Real Housewives of New York City, and zone out with something really mindless and take my mind off the negativity. That's my self-care. And and that's really helpful to me. Absolutely. And people be surprised, well, I guess probably not surprised, how hard it is to know and to tell yourself when you need that rest. It's 2023. So people are just in a hurry and trying to keep up with the Joneses. So being able to listen to your body is so important. And as a mom on top of that, you weave in the yeah. whole mom guilt thing. And the mom guilt thing is something I never understood until I became a mom, obviously. But I, I always just thought that's crazy. Like, why do you feel guilty about yeah. doing this? Like that's that's you. You should take care of yourself. But when you become a mom, it's it's not about you anymore. And and I'm happy that it's not about me because it is the greatest honor of my life to be her mother. But at the same time, it is it's hard. It, it's yeah. hard to to think about yourself when all you want to do is, is be with them because you know, these moments are fleeting. Yeah. And I feel like there's just not enough time in the day. You know, I don't even have children and I feel like I'm fighting to like carve out time for everything I need to do and want to do. And so to be like, okay, I want to carve out time to be with my children, but also like for myself, there's just not enough time. So self-care is usually I have noticed bumped to the bottom of the list. Yeah. Goodness. Is it, is your Tourette's diagnosis, is that a conversation you have or will have with your daughter or just something you let her notice? It's a good question because lately she has been noticing and I was doing something. We were sitting at a red light and I was ticking in the car. I don't do it while I'm driving. Um, And she was in the back seat and she said, mommy, why are you doing that weird thing? She's only four. So I don't really know when the time is to explain that to her. Um, Probably pretty soon. And I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to explain it because I don't want her to be worried about me. She's very empathetic and she's always, she is very caring about other people. If somebody gets a boo-boo, her first reaction is to go get them a band-aid with their favorite color so that they have it. And she wants to take care of them. So I know that she will worry and and want to help me. So I don't want to give her something to worry. When right. the time is right, I will. And, and I'm sure it'll, it'll just work out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've had, I've asked several guests about that as well. And it's kind of the same thing. It's the kids know kids are smart, like way yeah. smarter than we give them credit yeah. for. So, and I imagine with your genetics and your mom's genetics, she's incredibly smart and she'll, she'll catch on quick. She'll probably be your best caregiver. Like let's be 100%. real. Yes. Yeah, she'll be like, mom, mom. Yeah, yeah. Mom, cut that out. Let's not. Yeah. I mean, she already calls me on my shit now and she's a four year old. So <laughs> I love her already. That's amazing. Your family. If y'all need to adopt another like aunt, I'm down. Let's do it. The bird family is always welcoming. That I love that so much. Okay. What do you wish you 
people knew more about Tourette's. Like we talked about, it's just not a very common conversation. So what do you wish people knew more about it? That not everyone who has Tourette's screams out four letter words. It is a very specific kind of Tourette's and a really hard kind. And I am so thankful that I don't have that kind um, because the people who have been diagnosed with that have it hard, so difficult with having Tourette's. And then when they have that kind of Tourette's, it's just, oh, it's unimaginable. I I recently met a girl named Baylin Dupree. And if you're on TikTok, you've probably followed her or seen her. She is 20. One years old, I think, maybe 20 years old. She has Tourette's and she does her tics online. And she's one of the people who actually inspired me to post about my tics and to actually show myself doing them. I never would have done that when I was her age. I've always been ashamed of it. And she really encouraged me to do that. Um, But she has the kind where you cuss. And I was with her. We went to a coffee shop and she said horrible things to the person who was checking her out. And the look that that cashier gave her, I just, my heart went out to this young girl because the next thing she said was, I'm sorry, I have Tourette's. She handled it so gracefully. The cashier handled it so gracefully. It was this beautiful moment, but the anxiety that I felt for her, I just can't imagine. So I say that because that is the very obvious invisible kind of people with Tourette's because it's easy to make fun of. It's in, it's in all those jokes. Um, what Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. It was a character in uh, yeah. the movie where he had Tourette's like that. But people who have Tourette's don't always have debilitating Tourette's. Right. I'm convinced my husband has a mild form of Tourette's. Yeah. He will blink and do things with his jaw. I've seen other people do things with, you know, where they, they tap or do things. That's a form of Tourette's. You may not get diagnosed because it's not debilitating. That doesn't mean it doesn't affect you or you don't have it. So that's what I want people to know. Yeah, it's it's way more common than people think. Absolutely. We probably all, all have a little of everything. You know what I mean? We're all messed up. Absolutely. Let's be for real. It's it's just how you manage it, how your body manages it, and yeah. and how we're able to to cope with it. And we all have different coping skills. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where did you when you were going through this and figuring things out, and even now, where do you find the most support or maybe the most information? Um I don't really know that I seek out information or support anymore. The support that I need is just from the people in my household to kind of let me do my thing. And this is a good point. I'm glad you brought this up because that has changed for me from my childhood to being an adult in in some ways. Um, If you have Tourette's or if you know somebody who has Tourette's, what always helped me was some, my mom would say, how do you want me to react when you're ticking? Do you want me to acknowledge it and help you and ask why you're doing this and ask what triggered it? Or do you want me to ignore it and stop my conversation and let you tick? Or do you want me to keep talking over you? And for me, I wanted people to ignore it. Do not talk about it. It's the elephant in the room, I know, but don't talk about it. Let me tick, let me do my thing. And then we can continue on. I need to get this out. And you drawing attention to it is only gonna make it worse. And that's kind of still how I feel about it now. Um, And the people in my life know that's the kind of support that I need. So I I would say to people who know somebody like that, say, hey, what do you want me to do when you do that? Do you want me to just ignore it? Cool, I'm happy to do that. That is great advice and something I never would have thought of. I think my natural reaction would be, okay, let's ignore it. Let's let it pass and then continue the conversation. And that's only because I think that's what I would want to do. But I never thought some people may want something different. That was awesome. Yeah, good advice. I love it. Nikki, thank you so, so much for hopping on with that. I have learned so much. 
Like, oh, good. I love I'm these. So yeah. Oh, gosh, absolutely. It has been such a pleasure. I know you are crazy busy, and it just means so much that you hopped on with us today. Oh, it's my honor. True. Thank you for, for shedding a light and letting other people know that they're not alone. It is so important. Something like this would have been so helpful to me when I was a teenager. So thank you. Oh, gosh, it is. It is such a cool, cool thing that I was blessed with that it's turned into something this big and so much attention, which is so cool. All right, guys, you know how this goes. We're going we're gonna to sign off today. If you want to hear the extra questions, log on to patreon.com slash Music. Nikki and I are going to keep chatting. If not, we're going to sign off, and we will catch you guys next week. Nikki, thank you again so much for joining. Everybody, if you want to hear the extra questions, hop on to Patreon. If you'd like to hear the rest of this interview, visit patreon.com slash Music. And don't forget, you can also watch the interviews on our YouTube channel at Townsend Team Music YouTube. Okay guys, if you're in the market to buy or sell, I have the perfect company for you. Clark & Co Realty is located in the Benton Bryant, Arkansas area. But they're able to serve you no matter where you're located in the state. They've streamlined the process of buying or selling a home to make it so much easier. They have a team of industry experts that make sure you have access from anything you can think of. I'm talking from local home inspectors to painters to gardeners and so much more just to provide you with the best service possible. They're dedicated to providing the most up-to-date market data in the area. And I think the coolest part is if you go on their website, you can use their easy-to-use fast property search. You can even create a custom market report to see what's active, under contract, and sold in your neighborhood. Their team is made up of caring, knowledgeable professionals that work around the clock to help you with the process of buying and selling your home. So again, if you're in the market to buy or sell, Clark & Co Realty is definitely the company for you. Tell them Townsend sent you. Let's be honest. I think we could all use somebody to talk to every now and then. Healing Path Counseling in Conway, Arkansas is 100% my go-to when it comes to therapy. Wendy Blackwood has more credentials than letters in the alphabet. She's won awards for her outstanding services and has a whole page of board memberships. Basically, she knows what she's doing. She works hard to help equip you with the tools needed to live your best life. She even offers a variety of services including, but not limited to, cognitive behavioral therapy, technology-assisted counseling, relationship counseling, and EMDR. Trust me, I know therapy can be intimidating at first, but let me assure you, Wendy does her best to make you comfortable and find the best solutions and plans for you. Trust me, don't wait to make the call. Give Wendy Blackwood Healing Path Counseling a call today. Get started on the best version of you. 